Hi, everybody. It's Marcia O'Connor here, uh, CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group and producer of Top 3, where basically we have entrepreneurs who share their secrets and their mistakes. So we are so happy to have a dear female entrepreneur and friend of mine, Lisa Peskin, coming on board to talk specifically about those secrets and those mistakes. Um, the nice thing about Lisa is that she is an official sales trainer. She's going to talk about her company, uh, BDU, which is um, Business Development University. She's been doing this world since 2003, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. My pleasure. And, you know, Lisa, I always ask people, you know what, how, when did you get started? Obviously 2003, but why did you get started? Well, it started a lot long, a lot earlier than that. Um, as a little girl, my dad, who was my hero, gave me three pieces of advice. He said, follow your passion. Don't count on your husband for your money. And if you can be my, be your own boss. So I don't know what you would have figured out to do, but I thought since I loved helping people, I would be a doctor. I went through all the pre-med classes only to realize that I would have made a god-awful doctor. Finished with a psychology degree, not too far you could get with that. Ended up going back to Temple University for my MBA and got a marketing degree. Figured, oh, I'll just do sales for a little bit. But I had no clue that my passion was going to be a putting together a career in sales and helping others be successful in selling. So I started this business after 12 years at ADP, had that corporate position where I went from sales to sales leadership to running a 40-person sales force. And I learned back then that as a sales leader, it's all about maximizing the performance and the potential of your direct reports. And I built a company on that. It's simply about helping individuals, companies, and sales teams be as successful as possible. So that didn't happen overnight, Lisa. And um, and you make it sound as if it's like, yeah, no problem. The light went on. I started doing this. And here we are today, so many years later super successful and all too, but you know, let's go back to those early days. And when you started and said, this is what I wanted to do. Did you know really that first day you wanted to be doing what you're doing today? So great question. So when I started this in 2003, it was Peskin Associates and it was dishonest. My title was dishonest because it was just one associate and it was just me. And all I knew is I wanted to find companies to help out. And I remember in the beginning, I bootstrapped the entire business. And basically, I was just looking for anyone. And my first sale was a company that wanted to get rid of the salesperson, but didn't have the wherewithal to do it and basically hired me to help get rid of the salesperson. But in the beginning, it's like fake it till you make it. I remember taking people out to lunch. I couldn't even afford the lunch, you know, and I remember those days, but I was always back in my ADP days. I always knew that there's a direct correlation between the activities I did and the results that I got. And I was just purposeful in my activities. And that's the way I started building the business. Well, and so what were some of the things you stumbled across that given today, you'd be like, oh my God, if I had only known this. Well, the first thing is I have a comprehensive way about me and 
So when I was out there networking, I'd go to a networking event and I'd say, oh my gosh, I've got to get 25 cards. And then if I got 25 cards that morning, I would want to exceed it for the afternoon. So I'd say, I got to get at least 25 cards. So I'd be working the room like a maniac. And then I would think about, oh my gosh, I've got to actually meet with each person here. I have to be comprehensive. So I was having so many meetings with people that weren't the right people for me to be spending my time with. And I realized after quite a while of doing it, that I'd rather be very purposeful and come at an event with one or two people that I want to continue conversation with and nurture those relationships. When I'm doing my sales training, I say, everybody think about your very best friend in the whole wide world. And my best friend is Lisa Berger Baskin. We were friendly when we were younger. We got together up at Penn State. We hung out. When she was happy, I was happy. And we spent a lot of time. Relationships don't happen just overnight. It takes those individual touches. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's have a conversation. I mean, you and I have known each other for quite a while. And sometimes we talk more on a business level. Sometimes we get more on a personal level. But it's all about treating people the way you want to be treated and remembering little things and just um, being thoughtful, but being purposeful also. So there's certain people that I want to make sure that I'm talking to or reaching out to and touching in some way on a regular basis. And it, most entrepreneurs wing it right? They yes. check their messages in the morning. They check their email. They look at their schedule, but there's no true rhyme or reason. And we as entrepreneurs need to go 15 feet up, right? And be able to figure out the best use of our time and the best ways to handle everything. And I was once taught a technique called CEDO, simplify, eliminate, delegate, outsource. Can I simplify the process? Can I eliminate it? Can I delegate it to someone else or can I outsource? So one of the basic things that is so time consuming as an entrepreneur is your scheduling as well as managing your inbox. So I hired somebody to do that for me. I delegated it to somebody else. But in the beginning, I wanted control over it. And what I realized, if I'm doing administrative tasks and trying to grow my business, then I'm spending my time in the wrong area. So um, it's, it's all about being purposeful. And boy, did I waste a lot of time. When you think about how many cups of coffee I had with people that weren't the right great fit for me, or even getting involved in a networking group that after time you realized you weren't getting the most out of it, but it was a huge time commitment. So you got to really look at how your time is spent. And boy, I've made tons of mistakes. Um, and a lot of it is just wasting my time with the wrong people. Oh my gosh. That right there is, I hope everybody's listening to that because I can tell you right now, now that is a huge deal about making sure you value your time because i think when you start off you want to help everybody and you want to make sure that you know i was like florence nightingale i wanted to help lily everybody and I, and I still do to this day i really do but i was getting angry because i would spend an hour with somebody and then because i didn't set the precedent the very beginning of the conversation they would talk the entire hour 
because, you know, I was that sympathetic. Sure, I'm going to help you. Oh, I got to go now. Bye-bye. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got nothing out of that. I will help that person, but they, they can't help me. So then I said, it's my own fault. I'll take responsibility. I started breaking that conversation down. Hey, I'm going to start this conversation. Thanks for meeting with me. Um, half an hour is going to be about you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you two referrals. And then the second half is going to be about me. And hopefully you can help me with two referrals. And I would always leave it where I would put my fingers up like this, like a three. Like, here's my three things that we do. And I did that because people are visual learners. And, you know, it was interesting when people called me back. They said, yeah, I heard you met with Ted. He had a great conversation with you. He remembered two of the three things that you mentioned. But the one of those I really do need your help on. And that's how it started. Um, but I realized after like three months, like the phone calls weren't happening. It was, and I just had to figure out how I was spending my time. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs forget to really think that through. And I think that's, that is a critical piece of advice, Lisa. Absolutely. So when things start rolling and, and things go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, keep you, going. Go, you go. You go. So things get rolling. You get in business and then all too. And then the hardest part for an entrepreneur, because you don't have staff yet, is how do you maintain those relationships as well as then basically business development at the same time. So what did you do? Well, this is the growth of an entrepreneur. So you start off and you're the salesperson, your fulfillment, right? You're both sides. And then you realize you could only bring in so many clients because you only have so much time for the fulfillment. So then you get to the point where you start figuring out, okay, who you could use. So now I've got a team of people. So when I go and engage a new client, it's not necessarily Lisa doing all the fulfillment all the time. It's now bringing in my team and having them do the fulfillment. So I always kind of think about as an entrepreneur, it's about how can I grow the revenues and then how can I support the business coming in? If the revenues coming in exceed the fulfillment, then we're giving a poor level of service. If it's opposite, then we've got too much overhead. So it's constantly growing both sides and then bringing in somebody else that could bring in business. And that's the way you start scaling your business. Yeah, I think scaling scares a lot of entrepreneurs. They want to do it but they're afraid to let go. And that let go is critical for your success to do that. What, what part or what period and you building your business, did you realize you had to let go? Well, when I was doing way too much that wasn't driving my business. So I do think, and I know you're an EOS person, but I do think in terms of three and what are our three rocks and what are our three biggest priorities and is what we're doing within those parameters. If it's not within those parameters, then should we be doing that activity and really looking a lot of times um, entrepreneurs do activity for activity's sake. They say, oh, I'm going to get to X number of networking events or I'm going to be part of X number of groups, or I'm going to, you know, go and visit X number of centers of influences or have X number of speaking engagements, whatever that X is. And we go check, 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 check. But in my mind, there's a corresponding piece to that, that we've already got all got to take into consideration. And that's what do we actually accomplish? So if we're doing an activity, whatever that activity is, 
What is our purpose of doing that activity and what do we want to actually accomplish? So you stated something earlier that I thought was critical. When you set up a COI meeting, Center of Influence, this is all about really figuring out what you want to get out of that conversation. And you set expectations right from the start. First, I want to figure out two people I can introduce you to. And my hope is that you're going to figure out two people that might be good for me to talk to. Right? That's So it's activity and then it's purpose with that activity. Oh, it worked wonders. All of a sudden, the phone started ringing, the email started coming in. And I sat there like, oh, that's okay. But you know, I had to have that, you know, crazy conversation with myself and saying, I'm getting frustrated because I'm not getting any sales. And then I realized, like, let me take it apart and put it back together. And since I'm a fixer, um, I said, I have to change how I am thinking and how I am doing things. And it's hard because you, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, we can do it all. And you have to say to yourself, like, you know, I screwed up. Uh, I got to do this differently. And it worked. It, work, it still works to this day when I go into meetings and I'll, and I'll literally say, hey, great conversation, but, you know, how, what are we going to get out of this meeting? Because your time is valuable. My time is valuable. And you want to make sure people realize that. Um, so move us forward. You're moving forward. You're getting things going. You work with a lot of not only entrepreneurs, you work with a lot of CEOs. Tell us more about what you do, how you help other entrepreneurs become successful in their sales. So whether someone's a solopreneur where, you know, it's just them driving a business before they've kind of built it up to a person that's got a sales team. What it is, is about constantly bringing in revenue. And we've got three streams of revenue. We've got our existing customers. We've got what we upsell and cross sell. And then we've got our net new business. And we need to have a very well-defined game plan for getting that business in the door and making sure that we're doing everything that we can. So we've got to look at that stream of revenue and then come up with a well-defined 30, 60, 90-day game plan. Not only for ourselves, but everybody that's coming in. So back in the day, and I believe this, we've got to, as leaders, set clear expectations and have a way to inspect or measure what we expect, right? We need to put together processes. We need to put together playbooks, blueprint for success, because this is the way we start growing this baby, right? To create repeatable processes that people can adapt and help onboard them and get them up to speed quicker. And it is about really figuring out your game plan for your sales, figuring out who your target markets are. And you mentioned something just a moment ago. It's about really analyzing all the time what's working, what's not working. Where am I getting the biggest ROI? Looking at for all the net new business, your source of business, where it's coming in, and then looking at one other aspect, the size of your clients, singles, doubles, triples, home runs, grand slams. How can we get more heavy hitters, triples, home runs, grand slams. And so as entrepreneurs, we've got to kind of reverse engineer the whole entire thing and figure out how much time we have, what our goals are, and then figure out what we need to do in order to achieve those goals. You know, it's so funny um, when you say that there, because honestly, I think it's funny, not funny, but it sounds so simple. This is what you do all the time, Lisa. Um, I think it's overwhelming to entrepreneurs to be like, oh, God, I, I just got to do this. And I'm so good at what I'm doing here. They either love sales or they hate sales. It's like opening up the credit card, you know, and oh, God, do I have to open it? I spent too much money. I don't want to see it. I know it's there, but I don't want to come to reality behind it. 
How do you get people over that hump of that fear of that sales side? Because what you have, you've been doing this for years. So that sounds so simple and easy. But for somebody who's out maybe even five years, that's really hard to do. So basically, we don't take a cookie cutter approach to what we do. When we work with an individual and do coaching with them, we work with a team and put together a training program. But all, what it's all about is what we do is we figure out how to maximize the performance and the potential of whomever we're walk, working with. So I always believe in triage, and that's the way we've been running the business, is for all of our clients, what three areas that if improved upon could have the biggest impact on performance. Literally an hour ago, I got off the phone with a company that I'm talking to, and I'm just trying to figure out the best way to help them out. And um, I know we're going to get to this, but this is something that the sales success workbook that I finally self-published this year is a guide that a lot of my clients use when we're coaching them. And I have one client, he goes, oh, yay, page 95. He loves page 95 of this book. And he said page 95 has been a game changer for him. So a lot, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, uh, and it's all about trying to figure out where we can make the biggest difference. And um, I, I, again, this triage approach, we do it with our clients all the time. Figuring out, and everybody that's listening, if you could think about this, because I like threes, what three areas that if you improved upon will have the biggest impact on performance? So you've got to look at certain things. What's my close ratio? If it's less than 30% proposals to sales, there's something I promise that you could modify in your process, right? If you're not getting enough net new appointments, we got to figure out how to get you more net new appointments. If you're spending a lot of time doing non-productive tasks, then we got to get you a good game plan. So once we figure out out those three areas, then we can figure out, is it coaching? Is it the company needs to change some things? Or whether there's some training that can be done that can really make an impact. Right. Now, I, I, I love that. And I think people need to keep doing it. But it's also, I found it's a rhythm. You got to get used to it. You got to sit it down. You got to write it down. You got to put it in front of you. I'm a big goals person. So to me, I just was, I was adding up my numbers and something had to change and um and, and we changed it and it was really cool we also you know if you go back i would say you ask a lot of entrepreneurs when they first started do i sell what i sold back then and uh, we don't um we do actually very different except for the hr consulting side we same but the recruiting we've definitely changed over but it's interesting it will change and that's okay you know you have to listen what to um, the customer out there and what they need even though you might have sat down with a totally different conversation, but by you listening, you realize like, oh, they do this. And we do that. Now, there are times I've said to a customer, yeah, we do that. And I had never done it before, um, but I knew I could do it. And um, but I had to set it up where they trusted me. And so it, it helps out a lot. So let's talk about mistakes, Lise, because, um, you know, it's it, you've got great wins, great ideas and all too. What are some of the things and mistakes that entrepreneurs make that you've seen over time that you would say, listen, if I had to do it all over again, this is what I wouldn't do. All right. Number one, bar none, is bringing on the wrong people. Bar mm. none. 
right? How much time did I spend training, onboarding, getting people up to speed, and then they weren't the right fit? Mm -hmm. And it's a killer as an entrepreneur to be wasting your time with the wrong people on your team. And sometimes you just say, oh, they're willing to be part of my team. Let them be part of my team, right? So that was, I guess, my number one mistake. Number two mistake um, is my game plan wasn't, I had a game plan, but it was a little bit of the wrong game plan. So I was doing enough activities, but they were the wrong activities, right? So I think about, do, do we have the right number of the right people doing the right number of the right things right? I know that's a lot of rights there, but do we have the right number of the right people doing the right number of activities and are they doing it correctly? So bringing on wrong people, doing the wrong activities was clearly a mistake that I made. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think another mistake I made was I remember a long time ago, I went to an accounting firm and he <laughs> said, so do you have a lot of experience with accounting firms? And I had not a single accounting firm was my client at that point. Now we've got a bunch. And I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> we work with a lot of accounting firms. And so he's like, oh, great. Can you get us a list of those firms? And then I went, you know, I never went back to that prospect again. And I realized, I believe trust, honesty, integrity are so important, but I slipped. I was so excited or whatever. But you know what? Now, a lot of my clients, it's the first time I've worked in their particular industry. But so we are a little bit industry agnostic, but it's, it's about really bringing in the techniques that are really critical. So another mistake is don't, don't make those little fibs, you know, along the way, trust, honesty, integrity are too important. And I should have just said, no, we don't have any yet. However. True. That's true. Um, good advice. I have to tell you, like, I will do that. And then I've actually gone down the road and tell my clients after I did it for them. And I would say, listen, I gotta be honest, we never did this before, but I know I could do it and we did it for you and you're happy. So just let you know, take a chance on people. And um, and they appreciated that, you know, but um, you know, I was just thinking back, this is back in like 2008, 2009, when things were just rough, rough and tough. And um, there was no money out there at all for professional uh, services. But I do believe, always do the right thing. Even when you have your clients, I don't care how big you become, you know, my motto here at this company is do the right thing. And so sometimes a client can be mad or going back and forth. And, you know, you just want it to be a win-win conversation. And it's not like, and you shouldn't put your ego into it because it's really not about that. And you just have to learn to just sometimes suck it up. But it, do the right thing. In the long run, that'll actually help you um, no matter what. And we've done that too. But it's stick up for your teammates too. So it's just... Um, um, that's a biggie as well, because I think a lot of people will put them under the bus. I've seen, I won't do that here. They're my team and they come first. So, um, it's pretty cool. What about, um, the entrepreneurs, what you are seeing out there in the marketplace? What do you see? Do you see the whole process of sales has changed much since you started? So obviously with this pandemic, it's, it's a bit of a different story because we are having to do a lot via Zoom. But on yep. the other side, um, throughout the past two years, I've thought about something um, over and over again. And 
A lot of people have been focused on what they can't be doing, but I focus on what you can be doing. And so I say, get rid of that apostrophe T. And so, so many salespeople or business professionals or entrepreneurs, right? They've been used to going out to networking events. They're just starting to come back, but now there's different waves. But I mean, yesterday I had seven appointments, right? If I was traveling to each appointment, I would have never gotten to all of them. So uh, what I'm hearing is that there's an abundance mentality and there's a scarcity mentality. And there's some people that are like, business has never been better. Um, and other people are like, I can't do this and I can't do that. And to, in my opinion, in any one field, there are very successful companies out there. And there's no reason why I shouldn't be one of those successful companies. As long as I could accomplish my mission, which is really helping people to be as successful as possible, in either a sales or a sales leadership position, that's it. Yep. I, I love that idea. I love that advice. Now, listen, um, people out there, you guys don't see us. This is all audio. You don't realize that Lisa is holding a lemon. And there's a reason why she's holding a lemon. So do you want to go on that story, Lise? I would love to. So a lot of people look at my lemons and they say, oh, she's so bright and cheery. It's all about making lemonade out of lemons, but that's not what it is. And by the way, I learned from a great man. My father passed away 25 years ago as a double amputee and never complained a moment in his life. So I really do look at the positives and everything, but squeeze the lemon is to get the most juice out of your life. And we have to start with how do I get the most juice out of every day? How do I get the most juice out of every conversation? And I've been talking about it a lot throughout this podcast, but the two words that go along with the lemon are be purposeful in everything that we do and you'll accomplish so much more. So there's a large um, energy company in Philadelphia called Pico. And I was doing training for their call center. And one of the women there said, we've got to make sure they're squeezing the lemon. She was using my metaphor the way I had intended it. So what she was saying, if we're picking up their old refrigerator and giving them money, well, they're most likely replacing it with an energy efficient appliance that we could give them a rebate for. So squeezing lemon is getting one more drop of juice out of everything that we do. Don't do anything without a purpose. And in my workbook, there's a lot of checklists and they're intended not to be comprehensive, but before we go on a meeting with anyone, let's be purposeful about the conversation and let's see what we want to actually accomplish and get to find next steps. I love it. I love it. Has um, and I know you use it all the time and you when you when you meet people, you have the, the lemons with you, which I think is so great. Um, and it's just good advice in life, period, I think. So for sure. I don't think a lot of people do enough of that because right now I think everybody's just running a mile a minute including myself. And, um, you know, it's nice to just sit back and understand that. Just get, get suck it out of, you know, this, the juice. And it's so nice to see girlfriends again. We went to um, lunch. There's like three of us on Sunday. And one of them I hadn't seen in three years. And we just sat and talked for three hours, um, the three of us, and just was great. But, you know, you have to make sure that you you spend the time to do that because um, life's too short. It's uh, it's. When I turned 60 last year, it was, I thought I appreciated everything in life. 
I did. I really tried to appreciate sunrises and sunsets and conversations and time with my friends. But what didn't I appreciate? I didn't appreciate a hug from my sister who lives two miles from here that I didn't get to get a single hug in two years, right? So I said, this is going to be my decade of not just appreciating, but cherishing because we take so much in our life for granted. And as entrepreneurs, we're driven to accomplish the goals for our business, but it's also our personal goals and our balance in our life and not taking things for granted because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And so we have to live each life to the fullest. And we don't want to play shoulda, coulda, woulda in our lives. We don't want to say, I wish I did that and be old and gray sitting in our rocking chair and saying, I wish I had done this and I wish I had done that. We're entrepreneurs because we've got a vision. We've got a goal. We were driven and, you know, we want to accomplish things and we want to do that on a professional and personal basis. Yeah, it's it's so important to do that. But going back into a question we had asked you ahead of time too, it's like you know, um, what makes you you? Like what excited? Like you know, how do you describe yourself to people? But what makes you you? So first of all, being asked that question, it's not an easy one to describe in three words what makes you you. And it's funny, I came up with three P words and it wasn't because my last name is Peskin, but the first three things that came to my mind was positive outlook, which we've already talked about, passion for what I do. I, I remember training in China in 2005 and I met a guy from Procter & Gamble and he said, if you could do anything in this world, what would you want to do? I had a 14 hour flight, a lot of time to come up with my answer. And I said, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing and I'm following my dad's advice. And the last one that we've talked about also is I'm purposeful in everything. My whole day is filled with how much can I actually accomplish? with whatever I do and with whatever time period I have and make the most of everything. And it sounds so easy, but it's not. How do you make that time in your calendar? Because with entrepreneurs, we, you know, I laugh. People are like, you know, oh, you have some downtime. Well, listen, you become an entrepreneur. It doesn't work that way. You get to the point where you see other people doing it because now they've sold their businesses or gotten to that level and you want to get there. But a lot of people, it's really hard for them to get there because we think we have to be busy to think that we're actually doing everything we need to be doing. How, how do you get there? So, again, I, um, I'm very particular about my time. I've already outsourced my scheduling. So my Rachel, my chief administrative officer, she fills my calendar. And she knows exactly the way I like things and exactly the way I want to have. I mean, she finishes my conversations, quite honestly. But that's critical. So each day, I want it to be as busy as possible. And then if I've got a gap, then I'm filling it in with something purposeful, right? So I will constantly look at my calendar and say, if I have this amount of time, what can I do in that amount of time? So it's just a constant thing for me. And you know what? The fact of the matter is being entrepreneurs, it's not the easiest thing all the time. 
We're going to get way more no's than we are yeses. And the most important piece is your attitude and your motivation. And on those bad days that you're like, nothing is going right, you got to say, I got to understand this because this is going to help me get through it. But, you know, it's, it's keeping your head on straight, being, you know, able to get through the goods and the bads. And you know what? Here's my little trick. With whatever I'm dealing with, it's called my rocking chair test. And I say, when I'm old and gray sitting in my rocking chair, am I going to remember on May 4th, I lost this deal? And if the answer is no, then it has to go in perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just live your life. There's, it's, it's, it's not the once upon a time, live happily ever after. That was bull marky. It's more like a whack-a-mole sometimes where you pick your head up and somebody bops that baby down. And, you know, as women entrepreneurs, we're going to deal with our fair share of stuff that we don't want to deal with as women. But even in this, this day and age, we're still dealing with some nonsense. But all you could do is the best you could do and plow forward. That's it. That's really the magic sauce. The best you can do is what you have. And, you know, I think also the key is delegation. You have to learn when, you know, when you are struggling, you usually need help and you need to figure out to budget that. And I, you know, it's so interesting when I, um, I, I figured it out when I first got started, what's the minimal amount I need to be making to survive? And I realized, you know, being the breadwinner um, then and now, um, I feel as if I had to figure out what is that minimal amount that we can get by on? Because I need to make sure no matter what I made that period. And, um, and then we, we did that and we did coupons and we did all this stuff. And I, I hear from a lot of people their very first year, like I got the office, I got this, I got that. I'm like, really, you really don't need all that, especially now with COVID. Um, but you just need to really, you know, set what you want to do, get out there, use your time wisely, keep it moving, keep contact with all those people because they might not need you today. They might need you three years from now, but stay in touch with them because it's still valuable time. Every time you meet with somebody, it's your time. I cannot stress this enough. Make sure that's a connection you spent with that you stay in touch with, whether it be like a just a blasted email or or just a mail merge. Mail merge Outlook is like the best thing ever because you can personalize it, but it might go out to 3,000 people and nobody needs to know that. Um, those are the little tips and tricks that you want to help out and get out there or just hire uh, somebody in college to do your social media. Those guys know more than I do, that's for sure. Um and they want to learn and they want to grow. They want to teach us what they're doing out there. So that's also helpful. Um, but these are all the tips and tricks I think over the years people have been doing. So let me tell you, do you do, since you wrote a book, Lisa, um, do you actually read more paper books or do you listen to audibles? So it's more podcasts. I read the books, so it's not the audibles, but podcasts I love. So, um, you know, like your podcast, people that I could take my walk or drive from X, you know, X place to Y place and use my time in a wise manner, right? And try to get some aha moments. Because if every day we try to learn one or two things that can make us a little bit better, right? So I was doing, um, and now we're not doing it as, as often, but a sales book club. Right. Where, you know, we were picking a different author every single month. Now we're more like on a quarterly basis, but coming up with these books, just having really good discussions, 
figuring out the aha moments, because that's what it's all about. If we are going to spend your time not reading fiction and, and reading books to enrich you, uh, whether it's on the EOS or traction or whatever it might be, it's, uh, it's about learning something. It is. I think as an entrepreneur too, like you just have to have that thirst for learning. I don't know about you, but I have to feel like I'm learning something new every single day. And I get so excited. I'm like, God, it's been this many years. I never knew that. And that to me is just so much fun. And I'll bring it back to my team. And and I feel like I'm a good person to bring to cocktail parties because I know a little bit of it, like every little little piece of something. And they're like, how do you learn all this stuff? I said, I, I just love learning. And so I have a different platform. So every day I do. And it becomes a blog. So I was literally talking to my daughter about, you know, we have our buttons that people press. I said, but we can inactivate some of these buttons. We don't, they don't always have to be active. And then I'm like, oh, that's a good blog, right? So all during our, you know, lives, our professional lives, we come up with this, ooh, that could be a blog. That could be an article. That's something I could talk about on my podcast. That's oh. squeezing the lemon. That's totally squeezing the lemon. And that's the great thing. But that's, yet again, you're the ultimate entrepreneur. You're always thinking of ideas. You're always thinking of what's next and all. And that's where basically all of us, it's hard to turn that off. It is. But we're having fun doing it for sure. Um, so if you open up your phone every morning, what's the first app you go to? Wordle. <laughs> of course you do. Um, as long as all my, all my little sisters from college do too. Every morning I see their Wordle updates and I'm, I refuse to even play it yet because I'm going to get addicted and then it's going to be like, you know, on there and I'm too competitive. And they're like, my kids both it. got it on the second try today and I got it on the third and I was so close. So that's the first app that I would say I go to, but then I go to the news. Okay. Yeah. I, I do the news as well. Different. I do different news sections I find, but yeah. And then the weather, I'm a weather freakazoid. So yeah. if my team knows I'm the one who tells them if any bad weather's coming in, they think I'm, <laughs> They call me like, you know, they're like, you're like the weather woman. Um, but um, good stuff. Um, any last, I would say, words of wisdom that you want to share with entrepreneurs who are out there who are either starting or have been doing it from five to 10 years? So not everything works for everybody. Not everything works in every situation. And it could work with Marsha today and not work with Marsha tomorrow. So we try different things. We start looking at what's working, what's not working, but we don't have to be perfect. And attitude and motivation is going to be half of your success. Amen, sister. You got that right. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, Lisa, so good to have you on the show today. We love having you. Keep that positivity. Keep squeezing those lemons and sharing that juice out there uh, as you do so well. And then, Lisa, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? So first of all, definitely come to businessdevelopmentuniversity.com because I've got all these free resources there that you could just go pull off the BD utensils and get some things that could help you right away. And definitely link in with me. If you heard something today that's an aha moment that you think, oh, that's a great idea. I'd love you to connect with me. Give us your feedback. And certainly if there's any way that I could help you out, I would love to have a conversation. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Guys, by all means, Lisa is like the queen in regards to like sales techniques out there. And she's a dear personal friend too. So, and very well connected. She's being a little modest out there. She literally knows everybody in Philadelphia. So it's pretty cool to see that. But um, 
Lisa, thanks again for your time today, as I appreciate the time and you. And um, guys out there, listen, keep on plugging, keep on going. Thanks for listening to Top 3 today, where we are sharing our secrets and our mistakes. This is Marsha O'Connor with the O'Connor Group. Until next time, keep plugging away, and we're so proud of you. Take care. Bye-bye.